Hey, everybody. Welcome to 80s Horror Podcast. I am Rebecca Reinhardt, joined by my lovely co-host, Jonathan Moody. Hey, how are you doing? We are, um, well, we're kind of continuing our theme from last month. Last month, we did Bloodhook, which is a summer water slasher. And now we are going on to a camp slasher called The Burning from the magical magical golden year of 1981 1981 Uh, man it gave us some great horror uh Mm -hmm. unfortunately there are quite a few movies that did not get the acclaim that they should have gotten including the burning yeah we'll talk about that but yeah it, it was pretty saturated um it also had the unfortunate thing of basically uh the year of 1981 had friday the 13th part two which is one of my favorite movies ever also had Madman and The Burning. And essentially the three of them have the same plot and they all even have like an identical campfire scene. Um, right. <laughs> so well, it's it's hard to distinguish all of them. This is probably the one in the middle. Obviously Friday the 13th part two would go on and on and on. Madman people still don't talk well, about a lot, but The Burning thought, is somewhere in the middle. I thought I read that the Mad- that Madman came out like a year after because of all the pushbacks and stuff from it. Like what I what I read was that uh, uh, the burning came out and it was the same exact idea or whatever the Cropsy idea, right? Wasn't it supposed to be Cropsy? Well, you know? okay, so it so Madman isn't really Cropsy, but um, so Cropsy is like a story that's told at a lot of camps in New Jersey and New York. It's kind of like the legend of summer camps. Um, and so there are a lot of different variations on it, but they also, yes, they also kind of went with that. Uh, the people who made it were from the East Coast and but so, it's it's total it's different. I mean. I read, okay, this is what I read, and you know, and you know more, because you you probably study this stuff more, so you know whether or not this is actually correct. Uh, let's see. Um, okay, so, okay, uh, the production also bore similarities to another slasher movie in pre-production, a film that would be known as Madman. Uh, 1982. In summer 1980, during casting call for Madman, one of the actresses commented that her boyfriend was acting in The Burning. This prompted Madman to change its entire premise, which was built around the Cropsey legend. This change caused story alterations on Madman, and filming on that film was delayed until October 1980. Madman's delay also was costly on the film, as it did not receive a theatrical release until January of 1982. Right. Right. And um, but I mean, it does still have a release date of 81. I think it got a limited release or something in like October. OK, um, but what I do know is Friday the 13th Part Two came out before the burning. And so some people will say that's probably why the burning didn't do as well as it should have. There are a lot of a lot of factors here that we just can't go in the way back machine um and figure out why we don't have cropsy shirts and uh why i'm not cropsy's girl and you know and that kind of thing i guess we'll probably delve into some maybe some of the reasons but um this this is a fabulous movie that really uh i think is recently i'd say the last five to eight years has gotten um probably the uh attention that it deserves you know with the blu-ray release that certainly helps um 
it was uh, the effects were done by Tom Savini. He turned down Friday the 13th part two for this. You know why, I, right? Well, because he said we killed Jason. Right. Jason's he didn't want to. Yeah, he, he, was, he thought it was ridiculous to bring Jason back to life. Yeah. So why, why would he do that? But I have a friend who he has this like conspiracy theory, which is not really far off. Like this could be true. He's like, okay, think about it. Tom Savini gets the script for Friday the 13th part two. He has to have read it to know that Jason's the killer to come back Mm -hmm. or at least has to read part of it. And then he turns it down and he goes and does this other movie with a very similar plot. Like, I, I think his, his insinuation is that somehow Tom Savini perhaps stole the, the idea. The only reason I think that's not true is because I read that in 1979, uh, Harvey Weinstein had the treatment yeah. for this movie uh, made up and was in, you know, was as actually right. going to make it before Friday the 13th. And then right. Friday 13th kind of came up and they weren't able to get the money for um, the burning yet. And then they were making that. So like he actually sort of did yeah. Friday 13th before Friday 13th, but well, you know, they yeah. never made it. You know. Yeah. So they, yeah, they didn't make it. And this is okay. Yes. So that is one of the big, uh, <laughs> one of the big unfortunate things of this original story by Harvey Weinstein, partially written by Bob Weinstein. Um, first production for the Weinstein brothers. This was their break into Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And there are some characters in this movie that now make you wonder. A little bit. You know, if, if Bob wasn't basing it off his brother a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. Um, so, yes, a couple of the boys are, well, like at least three of them are super gross and super rapey. Super rapey. I'm trying to think. I know two of them, the two I said, but who's well, the third one? The, the other one, he's more, I think he's just more got a death wish or something. Alfred. Oh, well, Mark I Ratner. just thought he was weird. <laughs> he was just a yeah, weird. And I, kind I mean, of, I hate to say that I kind of identified with him a little bit more than any of the other characters. And that was and not because I'm like weird. Like I would go like hang out and look at the girls, you know, shower or anything. But like, I, I kind of identified with like, you know, if I were at that camp, I might not have like the close friends. And I kind of, right. um, I kind of more or less identify him as like, he's, he's the Shelly of the group. Like he's, right. you know, he's the, um, What's the kid's name from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1? Um, the Franklin? Uh, Franklin. He's kind of the Franklin of the group. He's not as annoying as Franklin, no. but nobody wants him there, you know? So the one, so the main guy, Glazer, who is arguably older than the counselors. Um, <laughs> I want to get into that. I want to get into that yeah, at some point. But, but okay, so he alfred spies on his girlfriend he's just trying to scare her but he's scaring her in the shower so first of all yes she's going to be naked and he does it supposedly to get back at glazer so that's why i say i think he just has a death wish yeah like i mean because honestly glazer is a dumber than a box of rocks and you know he's he is the grossest one of all the guys in my opinion but you know, he confronts Alfred and, you know, basically is like, I'm going to kick your ass if you fuck with my girlfriend. Right. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, Except I think for I the would... fact that, like, that girl really didn't, didn't, like, 
I almost feel like she didn't really even like him. Like that wasn't even her real her girlfriend. I don't know. There was a part in it where uh, she almost she said she felt scared around him, you know, or something. No, it was well, the she other didn't. Guy. That's the Karen. Karen. Yeah, Karen and felt, Eddie, right. Yeah, but also I felt like there was a little bit of like, hey, I'm. I mean, there at one point she was saying, you know, like I'm okay, but like or whatever, like I don't want to do it here, right here. But um, I've kind of been in this situation when I was younger uh you would get the attention of the really cute or popular guy and maybe you weren't like super into him but you were kind of like flattered and honored and so you kind of like went along with it you know like you know and it's just a summer thing anyway so it's not like she you know making marriage plans or whatever with this guy but I think the whole thing is is that like all the girls are like oh he's so muscular he's so hot, which I didn't think he was, but like, so she kind of, you know, that's kind of a status thing for her. Yeah. Cause there was that one point where all the girls were talking about it and they were saying they wouldn't go mm-hmm. with Glazer. And then she was like, why are you guys always knocking on Glazer? You know, right. Yeah, Cause like, he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and at one point he, he swims over after pushing the Alfred into the pool when he couldn't swim. Uh, he, he swam over to the girls and the girls the whole time were just like go yeah. away we don't want you here yeah kind of they think they think he's ridiculous but he's yeah. obviously he thinks he's the top dog and i guess when you're 32 at summer camp you might be <laughs> you might be you know how many times have he uh has he been you know failed after high school or something i, I was he's gonna still... say he's probably been divorced twice by this <laughs> way in time <laughs> Larry Joshua is his name. And I was, uh, I wasn't, I, I like, I didn't know who he was, you know, I, I, I don't know any of his credits or anything, you know, this is like the only movie I think I've, I know him from, you know, um, but he was, he was wonderful. Um, he was probably one of my favorite characters because as rapey and Weinstein as he is, he's also, um, he's like the one who's sort of more fun of the group like he's d- does stuff you know like the group you know what I mean he's he's got that attitude um but I, I I just I was like I was like looking at him and I said to myself that him and Todd look like they're the same age I mean you know? I think Todd looks younger quite honestly really yeah well well yeah. he's always okay so get oh get by the some, way he he would have been 29 when this movie came out. So, <laughs> so answer me this. Answer me this. I need to know. So, and you've seen this movie probably a, a dozen, if not oh, more, more than times, that, yeah. more than that time. So, you know, um, and so there, there was things I probably didn't pick up or I couldn't, you know, like I, I didn't get because I didn't watch it so many times. But uh, so Todd does the, uh, you know, Todd and his friends when they were in summer camp, they um they did a prank to Cropsy, who was just this. I guess it said he was the the, the legend. I guess is that he was a uh, uh, the groundskeeper, you know, or something. Yeah. But he looked like he was like the same age as them. I thought he was just another counts the kid, you know, when I first watched it. You know. You know. Uh, well, and if you you watched the little documentary, like I don't know if the if the guy who played Cropsy, Lou David, I don't know if he played Cropsy at all in the beginning, like as a human, not human, but you know, as a 
non-monster. Um, by the way, he has the shittiest insurance ever, if that's the best they can do to his face. Like, we put some silly putty on your face, and we thought that was good for skin grafts. But um, uh-huh. <laughs> but I do know, uh, like, when he's in the bed and he gets put on fire, um, when his legs are put on fire, that's Tom Savini. That's Tom Savini, yep. And um, uh, and then when he runs out, that's actually, I cannot remember the Reed uh, Rendell. Right. The guy, one of the guys who got killed in that airwolf accident, he was yeah. super young too. He was 22 uh, when he died. Yeah. Uh, he was actually younger, like 18 or something when he was doing that. Yeah. When he was he doing was, this. So yeah, yeah, he was, he was a kid. Um, um, and so I, I heard that, but okay. So my question is, so this, is this supposed to take place five years later? You know? So, okay. So that was the whole, okay. So here is, if you backtrack it, it was Camp Blackfoot. Blackfoot back then. Mm-hmm. Okay, which you would think, okay, if you, you change the name, I guess change the name probably to whatever. You know, I mean, what who's going to forget in five years? But whatever, back in the 80s, I guess, when you had to look everything up on microfiche, people just forgot shit. Um, but yeah, it was Camp Blackfoot. Um, they don't tell you when it is, and they don't actually zoom in or anything you don't know so that's a spoiler you don't know until the end that todd was the orchestrator of this right so you go through the whole movie not knowing how long ago that was i mean he's in the hospital i think they kind of give you some they kind of make some reference to like we've done the best we can you've been here for so many years blah 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 like whatever but you don't really know when it was um But then kind of fast forward, we don't know that anybody at the camp right now had anything to do with that. Right. It's a completely different whatever. Todd tells the story at the campfire Mm -hmm. so flippantly. Like it was just like, ooh, I want to tell you the scary story. He almost killed a man. And then we find out later that he did get kicked out for it. But five years later, they hired him as like the head counselor. I don't think it's the same camp. And the only reason I don't think it's the same camp is because he mentions that he this guy goes from camp to camp. At the very end, they do mention that. Um, Yeah, because they show like another campfire at the very end. And it's like, you know, that's the legend. Now they never found his body, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, total. Right total sequel sequel setup i can't say that say that five times so i thought i so i thought the idea is he just went to a different camp and todd just happened to be at that camp which is a weird coincidence if that's the case yeah because i mean yeah i mean he he could have known that todd was there i don't know i don't Um, think he well i don't think he did because i think he literally just you know because the only thing that really pissed me off in a way is that this is a camp movie and when he gets out of the hospital my idea is that he's going to go straight to the camp but no he goes straight to a hooker and kills her and what pisses me off about that is that's not his that's not his uh thing you know like he's not the hooker killer you know or something like he's a camp killer you know he kills at camp so for him to just go and kill the hooker is just like, let's just get another death. And it it was just, to me, it was, it, it pissed me off a little bit. Well, okay. So here's, here's the way that I've always interpreted that. 
he got out of the hospital, you know, and the doctor is even saying, you know, you can't blame, you know, they were kids. You've got to go on with your life, whatever. Mm -hmm. So he's like, all right, well, where can I go? I'm horribly disfigured and disgusting. Where can I go? Well, I'm going to go to Times Square in 1981. Why not? You know, like where else do you go if you're gross and weird? So he's Times just Square like, is, uh, or, uh, the, back then. Central Park. Why not? Yeah. So, so he goes out and he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try that. So then he's like, okay, I'm going to just go pick up a, a hooker, which I can't imagine that he's the grossest thing she's ever seen. I don't think he even like, I don't even understand that scene because well, a, he never says a word to her. Right. You know? Right. Um, and that's the thing with Cropsey, I guess is Cropsey's kind of like Jason, uh, which back then or well, whatever. And, and I mean, his face is like, Ugh! I mean, I'm sure yeah. he's, I'm sure he's lost some ability to talk, but yeah, yeah, like, I mean, he, yeah, he's kind of gross, but I mean, she gets like, she gets really, it's like Phantom of the Opera or something. She gets all like put off by him and it's like, he's disfigured, honey. He does. It's not like he's got boils on his face that are like pussy or something. I mean, he's, he's totally healed. Do you think he would have like, they could have got it on if he, she just was like, oh, you're not the grossest thing I've ever seen. Or do you I think can't she- imagine that he would didn't get burnt totally head to toe that he didn't be able to use his dick. But whatever. So <laughs> but I, I think that was his thing. He's trying to get some, you know, trying to be normal-ish, mm. you know. And the very first person that he runs into is like, you're a fucking freak. And then that just makes him snap. And actually what you're saying probably is right. It probably is a different camp, Stonewater. Um it probably is a different camp and and he's he's not like a jason like he's not like you wonder how jason found alice's apartment and could call on the phone and all that stuff i mean he was a normal guy who just was you know mangled so he very easily could have probably figured out where this guy was at or maybe he just said fuck it i'm just gonna go terrorize another camp and it was just coincidence yeah because if it is a different camp it would make more sense that todd would be a part of it because he could be like well i (laughs) work at camp blackfoot and then i don't think they're going to be like camp blackfoot was now where that guy got burned were you part of it you know what i mean like they they probably didn't do any kind of back you know um, right yeah you know check. the counselors are like kind of college age whatever yeah they just i mean basically they're big big interns you know like or whatever you know yeah it's not like they're going to do a background check on yeah so they they hire him as a thing but he you know i'm pretty sure that like camp blackfoot closed after that situation so another camp opens up and todd's just like well and that's kind of why i was thinking that too is like maybe they closed because of that and somebody else bought it i mean they don't get into it so i mean any of those things that we've said are plausible and we we don't yeah they don't get into it i did not listen to the commentary so i don't know if there was anything in the commentary that might have suggested either way um by the way i cannot find my blu-ray copy i found my dvd copy that's in the but I, I either I let somebody borrow it or it's just around somewhere. And I you just, probably let somebody borrow it. It's I, like I my it, blood hook DVD. You're never going to get the other side of your case back. Well, yeah, it's like, yeah. And that's the sad thing is I got the case. So it made no sense if I just let somebody borrow the Blu-ray with no case. You know, I don't yeah. know. What Check I, all your players. <laughs> the only thing I could. Th- well, no, because I don't. You're right. But maybe not. Uh, I just never, you know, uh, yeah, it's okay. Uh, but, even but if I let pisses, somebody borrow it, it's, it is what it is. 
but what pisses me off about this movie is Todd. Like we're saying, okay, he, you know, he makes mention he got kicked out of camp five years ago. Now he's back, whatever. And he seems to have no remorse. And then no like remorse, at the end, he's though? supposed, I, mean... I don't feel like he has any remorse. And at the very end, he's supposed to be our hero, but he really is the one that caused everything i kind of felt different i felt it was more like a redemption tale um so he might have caused the problem but it wasn't like when they showed him he wasn't the instigator he was just part of the well okay it doesn't it doesn't matter okay they all went along with it and they all said they all went around like are you good with this are you are you good with this todd he yeah. agreed. He was he was just as much of a part as anybody else. But it was an accident. They didn't. But see, didn't... but see, that's the thing. Then why would he be telling that story, that campfire story, like it was just some like stupid little tale? Because when it's like, hey, you know what, guys? I almost killed this dude. <laughs> and well, if it were like a different person, it wasn't actually Cropsy, you know, then that'd be a different. Like it was right. different legend. It would be a different thing. But they, he is mentioning Cropsy, so and he is. Like we find yeah, out he's the by he's name. The connection. It would have been better if he it weren't him, you know, that like like okay. So had they started with showing the 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 burning and all that, that the burning, um, <laughs> if they started off with that and then they kind of dissolved into the campfire scene where they're just all around and he's telling the story, but he's not actually connected to the story yeah see that's, that that's my problem yeah that's my problem or even if it was one of the other counselors there and todd just kind of sat quietly the way they told the story that would have been fine too but the fact that it was todd it just bugs me because i don't think that he's a good person not that this movie has a lot of good people in it well it does it a lot of the campers are pretty cool so we can go into a little bit more instead of just ragging on <laughs> right the bad ones i mean this is the screen debut of like Holly Hunter. You know, she played a, a cute little plucky. Uh, she did, wasn't a very big part of it, but she was one of the cameras. Jason Alexander, Fisher Stevens. We are, already talked about Alfred uh, Mark Ratner from Fast Times. Uh, I think his name is Holly Hunter. Backer. Yeah, and Leah Ayers. Um, oh, Holly you know, Hunter. I, who was she? She was just, she was one of the, uh, one of the campers. She didn't even really talk. I don't think. Yeah, I don't, like, she I don't wasn't, remember She wasn't like Tiger all. or Barb, which also were very adorable. I love Tiger yeah. and Barb. And I like Sally and Karen, even though they were like, they're just doormats. I mean, I just, I hate girls like that <laughs> who are just like, well, I like him, but he scares me. Like, oh my God, girl, get a backbone, you know, just say yeah. no um but yeah well, a, lot of, a lot of the younger campers were actually pretty pretty fun a pretty lot cool. of those you know a lot of those characters were um you, they would say no and then the the character the other character the guy would keep pushing Talk, and yeah. pushing like fucking um uh what's his name's um character ned eisenberg um who i I know as uh, fucking uh, the lawyer on uh, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, oh. <laughs> um, you know, so I see him every, you know, he comes, he's a, he's a regular lawyer on that show and he oh. pops up and he plays this, I think he's like Chrysler or Chrysler or something. And he's this like character who just keeps popping up and he's kind of, he's such a dick. Um, 
like whenever he says stuff, you know, but he's he's a uh, defense attorney, right? So he's there to defend the bad person that we know is bad, you know, but we gotta, you know, right? Right. So but- he's 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 a dick, you know, whatever. And he does such a great job, but he has hair. His hair in this, and I'm like, oh my god, Eddie has hair. Like, uh, you know. <laughs> so it was, it was funny. So he got plugs, huh? <laughs> I, yeah, but and then you look at uh, Jason Alexander; he's got fucking hair, and I'm like, yeah. Oh god, I feel and so Jason bad. Jason Alexander, it does feel like you're watching George Costanza at camp. I mean, he's just—it's just, it's just him. Same, it's just he. Yeah. Like, it's George Costanza. George Costanza had hair and could curse. Like those are the go, only yeah. things. You know, so right. he's George, yeah. It's, it's the George Costanza like prequel. I wish <laughs> I wish in Seinfeld they had used like a clip of this movie and been like, uh there, there was a time that I used to be in summer camp and had right. hair, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like and then just had you know a flashback of him and Fisher Stevens or yeah. you know, one of those uh guys. Um but um, it it was just so strange to see all these. Yeah, it is. People. It's it is kind of it's fun to see like all these people getting their start. And we did say like the Weinstein's this was their first uh, first movie they produced. Um, yeah, you know, so and you get to see a lot of you get to see a lot of the beginnings of a lot of people and a lot of um, you know. And this this movie's well made. Um, it's I mean it's you know high budget. It looks slick. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong I mean, with it. And uh, even though I have the DVD, I have a 4K TV that um, sort of transfers your DVDs or Blu-rays into 4K, you know, right. or whatever. So like it, upscales, it them. upscales it. And so the upscale of it was amazing looking. Um, so yeah, uh, almost the- a little bit too much. And I noticed this in watching the Blu-ray today, like the when Cropsey is really shown in the final showdown, the light is on his face so hardcore and then you get like the 4k and it it looks bad tom savini mm-hmm. supposedly says he wasn't happy with it they only gave him like three days to work on it i didn't think it looked that bad i mean when he's uh, i read that before i watched the movie and i was like looking for like oh my god this is gonna look like crap right and no it looked really good so i just I think, think it's just that him. final that final showdown i think it was just he he needed to be more shrouded and he yeah. probably was in the older versions but you right. know now when when you've got you know a 60 inch tv like i've said a million times before <laughs> 60 inch TV, ultra 4K, you know, upscale Blu-ray. That's that's a typical thing. Yeah, it it happens a lot. (laughs) Sadly. Um, But yeah, I I agree with you. I think sometimes that, you know, we get we watch these movies. And, you know, and you've said this like and I've actually campaigned for this. Um, If a movie's on VHS watch it on VHS because that is the way it was meant to be seen and it'll give you a different feel. You watch it on 4k and it was a movie that was on VHS. Um, It's not gonna, it it may, unless it's like Terminator two, which actually does not look good in 4k, but, uh, but in Blu-ray it looks amazing. Um, Their 4k transfer was, was crap. Um, But if you look at a movie like that, where, you know, the DVD or the Blu-ray, made it look better you know a little bit or whatever um that's a different story but most of the time these movies weren't made to be like that because they weren't ever thinking we're gonna have better nowadays they probably think you know when they start shooting a movie in 4k 
or 8K or whatever, they yeah. think, oh no, we're gonna someday this is gonna be upscaled to 12K or and and maybe yeah. you know we gotta be careful. But that's not how- the way it was back then. They were shooting on 35 millimeter, you know, and they right. had been for years and years, and there was no, I mean, there were different processes and things that made certain things look better, but yeah, like. They went and watched dailies and said, that looks good right now. (laughs) Like, I mean, as well, they should have. I kind of wish that um, on these older movies like this, when they've come out with these Blu-rays and and 4K transfers and all this stuff, that they would put a a VHS rip on there as well that you could watch. Um, You know, like, I mean, I can't be the only one. Uh, You you know, know, it it would be funny because... they are doing like these i know mill creek did something where it was like vhs rewind you know the way they have the well tape. it just it, it just like looks like it's right yeah so it'd be the really cool to me it would be really cool if they had actually gone a step further and made it like scratches or tracking problems or, or, or you know whatever like i said don't even like fake it just put a vhs rip i mean and just you know, I mean, because yeah. I, I actually, I admit, I will admit, um, there are a couple sites or a couple YouTube channels, um, and I can't think what the one is called, or I would give them a little bit of a shout out. They rip, they, they post a bunch of movies straight off of their VHS, and they nice. do it by year. And like, there are some movies that I have on Blu-ray, but I'll stream it to my TV from the site so I can have the on YouTube rip. or something, or mm-hmm. is it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's just for people like me. It's not, it's not like, you know, they're not being like pirates or anything. They're just like, Here, here's, and some of the movies are like movies that you can't get anywhere else. Like you well, couldn't I, have, I, like, which I appreciate the, the film preservation, but like a lot of them are just, like I said, I could watch it right now with, you know, <laughs> but man, I want to watch the VHS version. <laughs> my buddy, Sean, uh, I don't know if you know him, but he's like Sean VHSPS is his company. And he actually does uh, have DVDs that are rips of uh, VHSs. So, um, and he, uh, I asked him about it to make sure, like I didn't want to be buying basically a bootleg and get in right. some serious trouble. And he actually said he got legit legal you know, like things for it. So he can do these things, you know? Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And that's, and that's a good distinction. Like, I'm not saying like, you know, this, like you're going to go watch the new Sonic movie or something like, right. Right. These These are are movies that films. These are old movies that maybe never even made it to VHS or they made it, or I'm sorry, DVD, or they made it to DVD, Blu-ray, exactly. they're completely that's ubiquitous, but this is the like, yeah, this is the, the nostalgia feel. Exactly. And I love that. Like I bought a couple of them from them, uh, like Rollerblade or, you know, things like that, that are like really hard to find on DVD, if you can even find them on DVD. And uh, so I don't think they are available. So um, yeah. then, then some of them come out through like Screen Factory and then he will, I think, stop selling them if they come out to, you know, another company right. buys them or whatever, because, you know. Uh, you can this- usually tell when some, like, if you go to look for a movie and you can't find it on YouTube, you can tell somebody's bought the rights. That happened with Fade to Black is the most recent one. Like for, like, 
for like a year, I was like looking everywhere for Fade to Black. You couldn't buy it anywhere. You couldn't watch it on YouTube. And then sure enough, like it got a restore. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, somebody got the rights to Fade to Black. And now we're not going to. And then you just can't see it anywhere. Which Except is fine. Except if you buy it from them, you know. Well, you know. and it, it, that's fine after the fact. But for the like year that they're just sitting on it, like, but I want to watch it now. And I'll watch the shittiest version you got. But yeah. <laughs> I know um, there's just uh, and there's so many we're I mean, we're kind of touching more of the popular 80s horror films. But there are some like right. that are so obscure that we haven't even touched it again. Um, yeah, there are a lot that just didn't even make it to DVD. But the burning is obviously one of them. The burning, though, I can say I did not see it on VHS that I can remember. And the no. first time I would have seen it is when it came out on DVD. Um, I don't think I really knew much about it before it came out on DVD. So, um, yeah. So anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, so there's some really charming things about this movie. Um, the raft or sorry, not even the raft scene. I'm not getting to that yet. The canoeing scene. So the older kids are all going on this trip, which I don't know. I never went to summer camp and I'm kind of a weenie anyway, but I mean, they all get in these like canoes and they've got all their supplies and they're like, it's basically like deliverance. They're just going down this river. There's nothing anywhere. I mean, I don't know how far they've gone, Mm -hmm. but you know, they're going, they're off the grid, you know, with basically like these two 20 year olds uh, in charge, which is bizarre to me, but when they're doing that little canoeing scene, if you uh, watch, like, I think the commentary or, or something says it, that if you listen, they're all calling each other by their names. They're like, paddle faster, fish, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. They're all talking because they're all ha- just having fun. They're just kids having fun. And they're really doing this like little, you know, they're all trying to race each other, the actors themselves. And so it's kind of charming because you do get this feeling that, these are kids at summer camp because they kind of were, mm-hmm. you know, they like these weren't like professional actors. I think most of them, this is their first movie, if not, you know, one of their first movies, you know, and they're all young. So they were just having fun. And so that's pretty charming. And then, yes, we've got the raft scene, which is the other. If any, if you don't know anything else about the burning, you know, the raft scene. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that is probably the most iconic scene in the movie um and i you know uh the raft scene so i forgot about because i've watched it you know i said i watched it once and that was like four years ago or whatever when i bought it you know on mm. uh i think i bought it at texas frightmare if i'm correct at the screen Factory. no i bought it on amazon this is one of the amazon ones because i don't think screen factory actually had a table um arrow did you know, and so did uh, Vinegar Syndrome, but uh, Scream Factory, I don't think had a table at Texas. Um, but anyway, I, I bought The Burning because I'd heard so many amazing things about it. And I, I think at that time I was thinking of buying all the, um, and I haven't, you know, I still need to get The Prowler. I got to get Madman and I got to get all these, you know, movies that obviously have great Blu-rays, you know, I think all from like Scream Factory or Arrow. Um, and so I'm going to get those, but I bought it and I watched it. And so I don't really, I didn't really remember everything about it or whatever. I remember Jason Alexander being in it. That's all I remember, you know, and stuff. So I watched it and I was like, okay, wait, 
I don't remember the scene, but obviously something's going to happen. Either they're going to see the dead body of the girl inside the thing and freak out, or he's going to be in there waiting, right? So you get this scene where there's, it's going there and it's showing the canoe, then it's back to the raft, canoe, raft, canoe. And I'm like, come on. Can we get you're like i don't remember just just yeah. do it just show me <laughs> i know let's just get to it because they're all talking having, you know oh my god blah 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 and i'm like yeah. i don't want to see them in real time i want to see i want to see the i i, I you know like, but it works so well with the suspense works. it works because it was killing me um you're killing me smalls um <laughs> so we finally get to it and he pops up and the thing comes up there, the shears, which I thought was an interesting, you know, um, device for killing people because, you know, uh, Jason later has his machete. Um, uh, I guess, was it Mrs. Voorhees had a hatchet, you know, most of the time, right? Or something. Yeah, she kind of had whatever was at her disposal. Yeah, whatever. But he was the groundskeeper. So it makes sense that he has garden shears. But the first thing he uses is a scissors, like regular scissors. He finds scissors, kills the hooker with the scissors. Right. So because he, he wasn't has... planning on killing her. Yeah, I don't, I don't think yeah. he was. I think he's just I... like, you know, I, that's all. You know, I, I really want the alternate version of that scene where she's like, "Hey, let's have sex," you know, mm-hmm. and and then he like, goes, "Hey, honey, put the hat back on, okay." And, do and me doggy style at, and, and take then she me freaks, my money. <laughs> actually, more of a Weinstein scene would be she pulls out his pants down and sees that Coxbert and freaks out, <laughs> you know? And then she, and then starts like laughing at him for having a Coxbert, you know, thing. And she goes, yeah. Oh, you know, kill you that way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the garden <laughs> shears are awesome. Like that was, that is a cool, unique way to kill people and and the way that they did the raft was obviously not in real time you know because it's like but they they spent time showing you each kill right you know and it's it's kind of like if you looked at it you're like okay if this one person was getting their fingers cut off would these other people not just be jumping the fuck off and swimming but you know you gotta like look at it that they're giving every every scene every little kill like right. it's, it's due diligence and it turns out to be fantastic in my opinion the only thing i didn't like and even uh tom savini in the uh uh what is it in the behind the scenes kind of yeah. uh, talked about it was like one of the only kills we don't see really see is the girl who falls into the water and i saw that as she is i thought she escaped you know because it didn't look like she got killed by him. Um, now she might have, but it did go a little fast at times. So the mm. cuts kind of. If she little... didn't get killed by him and she was out there, like where they were in, the, in those waters, she would have died anyway. Probably. But uh, I, I, I could assume that she wouldn't be able to swim back to shore. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe, I mean, the fact that he said that they didn't show her getting killed, maybe, I mean, that would suggest that he knew that they did an effect on her, but maybe it just didn't look right. Yeah, so, maybe. Yeah. But she, he did say like she, you know, uh, there was, there's all the people died in there and she fell into, you know, she was the one who fell into the pool or pool, uh, uh river, the river. And <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it was, you know, it, it was interesting. Like I, I really like that was cool because you don't really get, a lot of times in these horror movies, it's 
like a person will, and especially nowadays, which really pisses me off. I don't know if this was like post scream or something, you know, that this became a thing, but um, like somebody would go, Hey, I got to go do something. And this is where I thought it was going to go at one point because Fisher Stevens um, forgets something at the uh, ca- oh, uh, cafeteria. vitamin B. Right. So he goes to go get it and we think he's going to die. Right. And then, you know, and that's what I thought it was literally going to become. Like people walk off into, you know, whatever. The killer kills them. Then, And this is what I always hate about slasher films, and which I will never do, you know. So I would always, if I ever write a slasher film, I'm going to have to fix this so this never happens because it always irks me. How do these people, how are these people strong enough to lift these people up and carry them over to another place? It happens in every horror <laughs> yes. film where they're, um, one thing I know, we were talking, uh, some, some, me and John Ward were talking about it on um, uh, Horror Film Lovers for Mainstream Monday. We were watching, we had watched and reviewed uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. And there's a body in a trunk. They go back to it, they open it up and it's gone crabs are gone yeah. everything's gone and he he tried to make some excuse like you don't know how long but i'm sorry if somebody saw a dead body a bunch of crabs right they go into the house and say get your ass out of here there's a person with a bunch of you know crabs in here you know and right it's bodies. gonna be yeah you're not gonna be able to clean all of the you know get yeah. all the crab shit and and blood right. and everything out yeah and what i love too and i mean you know my my boy jason is like the king of this but like how then it's like it's everything is like everybody's moved and it's all rigged in this elaborate like rube goldberg machine <laughs> of like you know falling bodies at just certain points in time yeah. like you could see them sitting there going like calculating out like okay and it takes this many seconds to get from here to here okay and so the trajectory and the angle <laughs> you know like, well, like so it, it would take like so much orchestration to get all that to, to it's work. like a fucking fun house when it's a yes. <laughs> And it's so ridiculous because, like, <laughs> but that's that's a but that's a trope. That's a trope yeah. of these and, art and, films. And this and, movie doesn't do it. Yeah, you're right. I, I haven't ever really thought of that. It makes more sense when it's Jason, who's a unstoppable like beast of a. This is a real person, you know, in the burden. Yeah, like he's right. just dif- disfigured. Um, you know, it never got a sequel. Um, but if they got a sequel, I'm kind of kind of glad I never got a sequel. But I'm also kind of sad I didn't get a sequel. But I'm I'm only glad because if they did it now, now basically he's either like Jason, where he's a dead person killing right. people still, or he's like Michael Myers, where he just can't be stopped. You know, yeah, like, and, even and with him being burnt. Yeah, and I this is uh so i just recently did um a podcast with donna nelly on it was uh our top 1980s top 10 1980s uh like basically one hit wonders um Um, and it was movies that didn't have a sequel or uh or a remake so the best standalones of slashers specifically I didn't put this on my list. One, because I knew Don would. I was trying to like, you know, make it to where we could have like 20 and we didn't have all the same ones. Yeah. But I didn't put it on there too because I feel like so many people 
in the horror community, they don't talk about the the merits of this movie so mm -hmm. much as they talk about what could have been like, oh, we could have had another Jason or Michael or, you know, another another franchise that we could all argue about ad nauseum. <laughs> um, right. But and so that was kind of my thing. It's like people people tend to talk about this movie because they're like, man, if only this movie had gotten sequels. So well, that and, and but so, I think it's a good standalone movie. And I mean, yes, they set it up for a sequel for sure. I mean, that campfire at the end, you know, was like his body was never found. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it was, and you're dead. You yeah. Know, I like, Move. actually, and from what dead. I've understood, that wasn't the original ending of the movie. And uh, Weinstein wanted that, I guess. He was the one who kind of orchestrated that and made that happen um, because I think Tony, um, uh may malum malum yeah the director um he uh, he and uh harvey by the end of the course of making this film uh their friendship kind of disintegrated you know or whatever like it, it happens when you're making a film and a lot of people don't really realize this if you're not in the film business when you're making a film like tensions run high because you've got yeah you know, you've got this amount of time this amount of money and this amount of whatever, right? Uh, you have the director who wants to get exactly what he wants to get, a DP who has to argue with the director 24-7 because they've got to make sure that they have the same vision. And then you have um, you know, a crew and cast of people who want to have a good time, but also have to memorize their lines, have to get all these things. So tensions always run high. And, and between producer and director, it happens a lot because the producer is more on the business side. Right. And, it, and it, you know, we're talking executive producer, they're fronting the money, but even just a producer producer, they're the ones who are like looking at marketing and, and budget and all these Harvey, other things. Harvey Weinstein was a producer, was not an executive right. producer. I don't know if he executive produced or not, but he was a producer, which producer. meant that he's on set and he's a creative by, which I did not like. Uh, because that's yeah. a TV term, not a fucking movie term. But uh, it's a created and produced by him. And what happens generally when a producer and a director are together, you're right, it's it's money, but it's also like we're trying to make this happen. Like we want this to be, you know, the way I want this to be, especially if you created it. And then if you're directed it, you've got a different, you know, tone and a different right. feel different whatever so you're gonna there's gonna be things plus who knows maybe tony or whatever found out that uh harvey weinstein was a dick and you know and, they and, and here's that. here's a really good um analogy that most people understand like um like the producer is like the g the general manager mm -hmm. and the director's the coach and the director's the one that everybody will look at, but the producer's really the one who, when it all comes down to it, everything's going to come back on them. And okay. they have to do a lot behind the scenes. They don't always get all the glory because they didn't do all the creative crap, which they do, you know, they have some, you know, have some creative input, but that's kind of like the dynamic of like, okay, you know, it's kind of similar between like director and actor. You know, the actor wants to do it one way. The director wants to do it the other way. Like who wins? They just, you know, they could just butt heads constantly. So mm -hmm. yeah, I could see that. And yeah, I can't imagine that Harvey Weinstein was easy to work with. I mean. Especially when like, when he became um, 
so I was thinking of like the Project Greenlight series, right? Where uh, it was funded by Miramax, but yeah. it was not, uh, he didn't produce it, you know? And that's the thing. Most of these films, he doesn't have much of a, until the movie's finished, he doesn't have much say in things unless it's like about casting or something, you know? So because he's the executive producer, he just gives them, right. he's like he's, mommy and right. daddy. He just gives them money and says, go right. do whatever you want to, you know, uh, just make sure this works. Right? Well, he doesn't anymore. <laughs> I know, you know, which sucks. Cause like, uh, he had, like, I, I hate him as a person, you know, like I think he's a terrible person, but um, I, as a, as a producer, he did some wonderful things. He, he yeah. helped create some, a wonderful, like without him, we wouldn't have a lot of these franchises. Um, with that being said, he's, you know, him being such a, a terrible person. And then Bob, I don't know how uh, Bob must've known most of the shit was going down. Uh, there was yeah. actually the first, first thing that ever happened like the uh, weinstein like happened on the burning actually i read into this that uh he actually exposed himself to a intern and then asked her to give him a massage on the set of this film i saw that yeah yeah so i don't know if whether or not that's i mean because i just read that online so anybody can write on imdb and say that's true but i i doubt that like i don't know anybody who would want to you know like unless they're that vindictive against harvey that they would even attack right. the burning um right and that's the other unfortunate thing like about some things like for example like jeepers creepers like victor salva yes complete asshole but he didn't he wasn't the only one who was involved in the movie right and when you when you say i'm not going to support anything he did well you're erasing the work of hundreds of other people who worked very hard um and so yeah i don't i don't really like cancel anything just because like the director or producer one of the more high profile people involved with it uh well, you know have wrongdoings because of that unless it becomes like a roseanne situation where they go well let's not erase everything that you know whatever but let's uh kind of kick off her and create the connors which isn't mm -hmm. i don't think is nearly as funny uh, because I think it was her that made the show, you know, honestly, yeah. that's my opinion. But then again, they're, they're helping the people who are already on set, who are producing and, and, and creating right. and doing all these, this hard work. So nobody gets fired because of one bad well, apple. Well, remember that happened with Valerie Harper. They had Valerie, that show. And she, I don't remember what she did, but she got fired from it. And she was, you know, the she was the namesake i mean and then they made it the hogan family and it worked out okay so sometimes it can work you know in that. but anyway we're not talking about sitcoms <laughs> well i'm just I, that was just nice yeah. but uh but yeah, yeah you're uh, right it, it, it just depends on you know um you, you know beauty, beauty of like film stuff if it's a franchise and somebody gets fired usually it can be replaced by somebody else who either yeah. you know because the characters it's the character not the actor it doesn't matter uh you know i, I hate to say it but I'm, I'm sad that they they fired johnny depp but i don't want to get into all that discussion yeah. you know but like you know he's he's now being replaced by margo roby you know which i think is a weird thing but um you know like uh but that's the thing like you know um understandably like uh if somebody's you know so weinstein being 
you know, let go and leaving. Now that means like money's not coming from like a company like Weinstein, like um, Dimension or the Weinstein company. So there's got to be other people stepping up and making these mm-hmm. films um, because of that. Uh, but he, uh, the burning is really well done. And yeah. I, I want, I, you know, I'm not into cancer, cancel culture at all either, but, um, but I, I, I do believe like, it's, you know, it's crazy that this guy created this, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can see the influence, which is just, I mean, you know what, maybe there is, maybe we're just putting, you know, putting things together and where there is just coincidence, but it doesn't matter because that's what you get when it all comes down to it. Because I remember the first time I watched this, it was before all the Weinstein stuff. And then the first time I watched it after that, I was like, oh, like, you know, just like when it says, yeah, right. Like when it says created by, you know, Harvey Weinstein, like, oh, now I get it. (laughs) Because back then, well, like, or probably when you first like watch this and stuff, um, if you watch this, like, I don't know when the first time you watched it was, but like uh, if you watch this like in early 2000s, Weinstein was a name. And he was a name you didn't want to fuck with because he was literally the guy that could make it. It was a good thing to have that name. Yeah, because if you you had him backing you at that time, uh, but we didn't know, people knew. But not uh, just like uh, they knew about Cosby, but they knew, but the public didn't really know you know, or whatever. So it wasn't very talked about publicly um, about it. Um, I think Entourage tried to warn us at times with there's a character like Weinstein, you know, or whatever that was in it. But there was things like that. They knew it, you know, and stuff. But they just didn't, I don't know, they just didn't do anything with it. Like Now, I I will say, though, and I just read this, that um, it, it is a flip a little bit that the girls who get killed in this don't have sex. Mm. Um, when usually most of these, they would have sex. Now Sally did, but, yes. but they, most of the time were being resistant to sex as opposed to being like the ones who wanted to do it. Another thing that I really dig about this to take it away from the, you know, the, the tarnishment. Um, I like that a lot of people lived. Yeah. Like half of the group ended up making it back to camp and that was that was sort of what i also noticed i was like wait a minute they didn't all die which was the typical thing of like you know like he killed all those you know but yeah they had a ton of characters so yeah um but it would have like it would have been a typical 80s thing to have all those characters just die one by one and right and i like that's the other thing i like too that people aren't just getting picked off one by one you had a couple like once they got to the uh, their campsite, island, yeah. yeah. Once they got there, yeah, you had a couple pickoffs, but like before they got there, you didn't have like you didn't have like Cropsy, like you know what happened to Susie? Where'd she go? Like they all they all went together on the trip. I like that he liked to like he fucked with people too a little bit. Like he took those pe- that girl's clothes and just hung it up in different places yeah. and. So she's trying to find all her clothes and then she gets killed, right? Which is also done in Friday the 13th part two. Uh, what? With Ter- 
Well, no, I forgot Terry. about that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things that could just be coincidence because if you think about being out in the woods and you're going to go skinny dipping and blah, blah, blah. I mean, those are just things that are going to happen, but it's like, but then you put it together and you're like, huh. That is a little strange. I mean, there might. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I The conspiracy theory your friend is saying does sound like something like uh I, I can imagine where they're like, okay, we got to get this, we got to get these two people to get killed, you know, and then uh, Tom Savini's like, well, Friday the 13th part two was having a skinny dipping scene. Yeah, they had the skinny dipping scene where the clothes were all strewn about. <laughs> was it like the same thing too? Oh my God. Well, that's, yeah, and now Scott did it in Friday the 13th part two. It wasn't Jason that did right. it. But yeah, she has to go through and find all of her clothes and, you know, they're all strewn about. But That's so strange. Um, so one of now, them might have found out the other one did that. That's interesting. You know, maybe. But I also said that we were going to have to talk about this girl. Okay. Um, so as, as probably everybody knows by now, my two big, like, loves are horror and I collect Barbies. Uh, and other dolls, fashion dolls. Uh, and this is no exception. This girl's name is Darcy. She's wearing the bionic woman's uh, outfit right now. <laughs> and I gave you a picture of her in the box. Um, the cool thing about this movie, it's got the merging of my two things. Leah Ayers was the face of Darcy. Now, she they did not model the doll after her. So Leah Ayers was, uh, she had graduated from dance school. She was a modern dancer and she didn't have money and that's why she got into acting and she landed this commercial gig so the whole idea behind darcy she was a kinder doll she was supposed to be a model in new york and they wanted her to be like natural like a real person and so they had these commercials where leah Ayers was the doll right you know like oh darcy she goes to the disco and blah 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 so i just i found that adorable that that was like a a little emerging of my two loves oh was this after um after the burning or before uh it would have been before yeah because darcy was out like i want to say like she was only like on the market for like maybe 79 to 81 kind of thing i think it was one of the first things that leah airs did um it would be so funny i I don't know if if she when she was on like if ever got if we ever got a chance to interview her or something i'll definitely bring you on for that you know oh well yes of course i'd have to everyone Um, else wants to talk about blood sport i want to talk about darcy (laughs) right so but but the question i would want to ask is if uh in uh the making of the burning did anybody have the doll on hand and was there ever like a scene where or like in real life where she's like sleeping and then they wake up and she, they've got like the doll in front of her face or something just fucking I with her i highly doubt it she was she was like she was pretty popular for like a year it wouldn't have been like yeah she i mean it would be different if she was like barbie you know she played right. barbie in a movie or something maybe but yeah, I, I highly well, She was it. a Barbie. She was Darcy, the Barbie. She was Darcy, and Darcy is not a Barbie, but yeah. Close enough. And, yes, and trivia about Darcy, you'll notice that she is, I mean, she's still thin and pretty, but she's proportionate. Like, she's got normal-sized feet. Her head's a little big for my taste, but, you know, she's a normal, proportionate girl. She was designed by this guy who uh, eventually went to work for Hasbro, and he used this design for Jim and the holograms. Nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, um, 
Ah, interesting. Look, I'm giving you doll trivia too. Well, <laughs> interestingly enough, the co-writer of this film that worked with um, uh, Lawrence something, I'm not sure his last name, but he, he wrote for Thundercats and a bunch of uh, other tiger sharks and a bunch of other of these uh, TV, like, you know, um, Saturday morning cartoons and stuff. And I just, when I found that out, when I was doing some research, I was like, whoa you know like i you love barbie and 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 the dolls and i love my 80s cartoons and so we both had like a meshing of our like favorite things in this movie you know you know and and to bring it full circle it's so funny that you say the thundercats rob my boyfriend rob mellow uh was a guest at a convention last weekend and he was like on cloud nine because he got to hang out with the guy who does the voice of lion larry kenny i love that guy yes such, and yeah i've interviewed <laughs> him did, a couple times and hung out with him and he's such a yeah, nice he guy did, he like he did like the thing you know and recorded it to send to me and you know it was pretty cool so real quick it does nothing to do with the burning but i have to tell you the story because it's the cutest okay. thing i've ever heard so apparently larry kenny was one day was walking around like KB toy store or Toys R Us or whatever. And he saw a bunch of kids playing with Lion-O and, uh, or uh, no, it was uh, the other, uh, one of the other uh, Thundercats or whatever, looking at him. And he goes, you should pick up the lion <laughs> doll. And as a lion voice. And the guy, uh, the kids looked at him and goes, he doesn't sound like the real lion And mm-hmm. they walked away. And they had no idea. And I, I yep. asked him about it. And he said, yeah, that literally happened. And that he, um, uh, he walked, uh, he, he, I was, I was like, did, did those, I wonder if those kids ever comment, contacted you later. It was like, yeah. and he said, that no, wasn't they him. But, no, but they, yeah, you hear stories like that quite a bit of like, yeah. Cause yeah. like you met, you didn't realize you actually met yeah. the real voice of Lionel, yeah. you know, or whatever. Sweet. So that's the that's the greatest thing about the con- uh, convention scenes and stuff. I'm surprised not many people from the burning. I mean, obviously, I don't think Jason Alexander is going to be going to any conventions anytime soon. Maybe you will. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah. uh, Holly Hunter won't be. Fisher Stevens no. probably not. Um, the only people I can imagine is maybe Leah Ayers um, or um, uh, or the guy that played. Um, uh the, the guy that played the the main guy um fuck uh todd uh, so brian, uh, brian matthews uh brian backer man so let's let's talk about him real quick ratner um yeah fucking uh so we talked about him as being like you know he's obviously the weirdo creep kind of character who just is just a loner kid who um he said he was going to scare her. I don't know how he was going to scare her. No, he was going to scare her by looking at her boobs. Is what I, he was yeah, he was I really mean. just trying to look at her titties. But he ended up uh, getting caught instead. Because you see him like later on, he's watching them before they get killed. And everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's so peeping he's, Tom totally. He's, he's peeping Tom. So uh, Tom should have been his name, you know, um, <laughs> character name, not Alfred. But um, anyway, I... I absolutely love uh, fucking uh, like I, I love I love him in everything I've ever seen him in. Not just Fast Times at Ridgemont High or um, uh, like the uh, Police Academy Four. You know, like he's just he's so fucking good. 
but he plays the same kind of character like very like geeky nerdy kind yeah. of lonerish kind of thing um and so i would i would still i i have not seen him in anything recently and i hope he's still out there making movies because i just absolutely uh adore that dude um brian backer is his name you know and he's just such a great actor um so hopefully he's still out there but i don't know i don't know if you know much about that or his his career yeah i'm I'm looking him up right now last thing he did was in 2012 and it was just a little he did santa barbara for a year in the 90s yeah he's not (laughs) acting very much anymore yeah which is such a bummer because like he had such a you know, big time presence back then, you know, like, you know, but maybe he, maybe he made his money. He did what he wanted to do. And then maybe he's off doing something else. Yeah. A lot of them are, I mean, Larry Zerner's a fucking lawyer and shit. So yeah. I mean, mean, yeah. You hear like, okay. Yeah. I did these like three movies. Uh, yeah. That's what you know me for, but now I'm like a photojournalist because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, uh, Lisa Jacob, who is in, um, um, uh mrs doubtfire and uh independence day and stuff like that she you know she was also in the friday 13th uh episode that tom mclaughlin directed um of the series you know not the uh movies or whatever right but uh she um uh she just quit acting you know she retired at like 22 or something she just yeah and no she just one day she and she wrote a whole book about she like stopped enjoying it and she realized when i stopped enjoying it you know i don't need to do it anymore like people change careers all the time yeah you know it's no different just because one is in the public limelight right i mean it would be like if brad pitt just hated working one day and just was like i just don't enjoy acting anymore see he's he's different though because he's made a ton of money doing it and that's what we that's what he's really been known for but like if you just you know if you had a acting career for like 10 years and then you said screw it i'm going back to college i'm going to be a teacher yeah you know big you know big big whoop you know yep exactly so there you go i mean uh, these people, a lot of these people did go off and still have amazing careers mm-hmm. and everything. And, and the ones who haven't really done a lot were left, you know, probably left because, I mean, I hate to say it, especially in the 80s, shit was hard, man. It was hard. Yeah. You, you had a lot of competition out there, you know, you still yep. do. And it's, it, you know, it is not as being, that's why I'm glad I'm not an actor. Like I, I act, but I'm not an actor. Like I don't yeah. classify myself as that. Because if somebody wants to cast me in a movie and I like, I auditioned for your guys movie, you know, or whatever I'll audition, I'll, I'll do stuff, but I don't seek it out. Right. If somebody says, Hey, audition for me, that's great. But like, I don't seek it out because it's, I'd rather direct and produce and write and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, because if that's more my baby, when I do your movie, it's your baby, you know, right? that's fine. Um, but I have to, you know, and I like doing that because then, then I can step away from like the stress of everything, you know, yep. my stress is memorizing my lines, which isn't that stressful, yeah. Yeah. you know? So anyway, yeah, sometimes it's nice to just walk on a set, do your job and walk away and exactly. you know, somebody else is like toiling in the editing room and, <laughs> or, you know, and people get complaining, like, where's the movie that we did? What's the movie? You know? And I'm like, you did it calm down like when it comes out it comes out like it's 
you know, like people, people got to realize, like, especially if you're new in the business, sometimes movies take a lot longer than you fucking want them to. Yeah. Um, Filming, filming a movie is a very small percentage of the process. Right. And that's what drives me crazy with the people who like make a movie, then go off and make another movie, then make another movie. And then Mm -hmm. where's the first movie that came out? That was supposed to come out. (laughs) That's a different, that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, so, but anyway, uh, we do rate these right on a five. Yeah, I think it's five stars. Five, five, five garden shears uh, scale. Five garden shears. Um, you know, this movie is it's got some flaws, uh, but most of the flaws I find very charming. I mean, mm-hmm. the movie's flaws, not the behind the scenes, but the movie's flaws itself, I find charming. Um, I am fine with it not having a sequel. Um, I'm going to give this one a four and a half. Okay, I was gonna give it a four. Um, I, you know, I, I liked it. Um, obviously, I haven't seen it as much as you have. Um, I, I, yeah, it was charming. It was cute, and it had uh, characters I really dug, you know, and stuff. And like, I, I dug the whole story. Um, I love camp killing movies, yeah. you know, and stuff. So yeah, all Same of here. these, all of these things are just uh, you're you're making one, right? Yeah, and so like there, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't make one. Um, and, and, and that's me personally, just cause, uh, I just, I, I feel like other people would want to do that more than I would. Um, but I, I love them. Um, I, I didn't love, uh, American horror stories one, you know, Oh, I like that. I don't yeah. know. I got bored. Um, yeah. But, I mean, uh, it went off the rails, but I did like it. I didn't even, I don't think I even got to the part where it went off the rails. So it just bored me from the beginning. <laughs> Um, but that's the thing is like, because it, it felt too much like what I've already seen a billion other times in the beginning. So it, it, just... it, it goes off the rails, but anyway, okay. we're not talking about that, but, <laughs> but I liked, I liked yeah. the burning. I thought it was a lot of fun. And, uh, um, do I like it? I might even, I might I hate to say it. I might like it a little bit more than Friday the 13th part two. I know that's blasphemy for a lot of people <gasps> saying like this girl but, right here, right. Oh. You know, but I dead to me dead to me you I are. know <laughs> is this one is, is that one of your favorites is part oh, two? Friday the 13th part two is like my movie that is yeah, that okay. and sleepaway camp part two those are my two favorite movies okay of all time. <laughs> um but I don't know but for some reason is I think it's because it's just I don't know I, I like part three a little bit more I don't know if it's yeah, more you know. comedy or something and I I like more comedy in my horror you know and everything so I don't know I felt like the movie was uh I, I felt like the movie was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And uh, so if you guys want to see a really fun horror flick uh, that you'll probably enjoy, um, check out uh, The Burning if you haven't already. I mean, we spoiled the shit out of it. So if you haven't yeah. seen it, you now know probably everything <laughs> yeah. about it. But um, oh, the last thing I want to say, the coolest shot in the whole movie was the like the uh, the zoom, sh- the shot with the guy, uh, what's his name? Um, the the jerk guy uh getting glazer glazer yeah. shoved up against the the um thing and when i saw how they did it with like planks of wood and stuff i just fucking was like oh my god that's genius you know because he's just holding on wood and they're just pull, pull pushing him into mm-hmm. the to the wall and they actually slammed like tom savini slammed him up against the the tree so that's him getting like actually slammed against the tree so uh god bless that movie like Mm -hmm. that was cool like and so four stars four and a half i think that's that's fair to say Um, you know um so if you guys haven't seen it go please check it out um 
And join us next month when we're going to be doing the Lost Boys. That's going to be the one we do. So yep, I'm I'm excited about that because uh, that's a movie that I uh, that I absolutely adore. Um, and I I don't I feel like it gets talked a lot about, but like sometimes not enough, you know. So yeah. you know, it's one of those. So all right, thank you guys all for joining us, and join us next month uh, for another episode. Bye.